Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beautiful wood. A neighborly day for a beautiful. Twenty years ago, Would the final episode of Mister Rogers' Neighborhood aired on television. I wanted to revisit today as we honor that uh, anniversary, last show from Mister Rogers as he left the neighborhood, so to speak. Uh, I want to revisit an interview I did a while back with Court Mann, uh, former writer for the Deseret News, great friend of mine over the years. He did a deep dive into something that not a lot of people know about, and that is really the the mission of Mr. Rogers through letters. And Court went deep down the rabbit hole researching uh, Fred Rogers' letters to literally hundreds of thousands of people. That's not a broad brush number. That's that's like specific. <laughs> uh, he found inside those letters, uh, there were a lot of important lessons for all of us. And so I want to share a little bit of that uh, with you today as we uh, reflect on 20 years. It seems like a 20 years of a lot of things we're, we're thinking about this week as we roll into September. And uh, First Court uh, talked about how Fred Rogers' letters just proved how much uh, he believed in and was committed to individual one-on-one connection, whether that was through the TV or through a, a handwritten letter uh, to Mr. Rogers, it was the same. The letters speak to what he really believed, which mm-hmm. was that his job was to communicate to people individually. Yeah. And that can get lost when we think of his show as something that is just going out to thousands of uh, nameless, faceless people. So the other thing Court uh, got into, again, this is Court Man. Uh, He said that Fred Rogers would respond to everything a person wrote to him. So it wasn't wasn't just a, hey, thanks for writing in. Uh, He would answer the questions that they asked. His letters that he wrote to other people, which are truly um, astounding in their in their scope, is really a testament to uh, what he really believed, which is that every person mattered and um, that every person's feelings and thoughts and experiences were really valid. And the way that he responded to the letters was really telling because he would respond to every single thing that a person wrote. Um, One of the people I interviewed who was a journalist who had a friendship with Rogers um, said that if you put something on the fourth page of your letter, Mr. Rogers would make sure that he responded to something that you had said on that fourth page. You know, there was no, there was, there was no stone left unturned. Uh, I love the fact that Mr. Rogers would, uh, again, if it's a four-page letter and you got a quirky question on page four, he was going to respond to that. It was so personal. It was so exact. Uh, Bill Isler was uh, the former president of uh, Rogers Production Company, Fred Rogers Productions, 
And he said these letters were a way of showing gratitude, uh, which was really interesting because uh, Mr. Rogers had an interesting view on when we give to people or serve people. And sometimes that's the easy part. Sometimes it's harder when you receive. Fred would always always say that, that giving is a very simple thing to do because when you give, you're always in control. When you receive, you have no control whatsoever. You are totally exposed, and you always have to be a grateful receiver. And what you are is a grateful receiver of people's remarks. And I think one of the ways Fred lived that is that people were going to take the time to write him something. He was going to take the time to let them know that that was a valuable gift to him and something that he wanted to recognize and keep. I love that idea of the grateful receiver and how it is harder to receive because you weren't in control. I think that's a challenge for a lot of us. That is a fantastic lesson to just noodle on a little bit today. Uh, Easy to give because you're in control of the giving. When you receive, you're not in control. You're exposed. It, It requires that courageous vulnerability. And those are tough things to develop. Uh, Back to my conversation with Court Mann. Uh, This is one of my favorite responses in talking to to Court about examining and looking at all of these letters that Mr. Rogers sent over the years. And it was this feeling that Mr. Rogers had just this deep, deep curiosity about people. You know, Bill Eisler said that uh, Fred often described himself as an emotional archaeologist He was fascinated with knowing why people did the things they did. And so, you know, as as Bill said it, Fred's interest in letters was really just an extension of his deep, deep curiosity about people. He just wanted to know why they were the way they were. Joanne Rogers told me, she said, you know, Fred was not one for cocktail parties because uh, he really didn't do small talk. (laughs) I thought that was a that was a pretty apt way of describing uh, Rogers. He had no interest in empty pleasantries. No interest in empty pleasantries, only in this deep curiosity about people. Uh, All of us could do a little bit better and spend a little more time becoming emotional archaeologists, as uh, Rogers described himself, uh, digging through all of that emotion. And we've been talking on the show lately about we if you if you create space, uh, people will surprise you. So let people surprise you. Uh, have that curiosity. Be open to new things from people maybe you judged in the past. Maybe you judged wrongly. Maybe you did that wonderful thing that we call preemptive offense, that you were offended preemptively because you knew that's how they were going to react. Uh, and instead, just be curious. Let people surprise you. Uh, I had a Sherapan who worked on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood for its entire 31-year run, 31, excuse me, with 31-season run, uh, said the letters were just a really special offering. What he was offering was a relationship, and the letters brought the other side of that relationship. How often do we do that? How often do we actually offer a relationship as we have an interaction with someone? Are we willing? Are we brave enough? Are we vulnerable enough, courageous enough to extend not just a transaction, not just an interaction, but a relationship that takes a little humility and a little bit of, of courage as well. Uh, then uh, a court also uh, shared a couple of thoughts in terms of just words and just that words have meaning. And of course that meaning matters. Our words matter. And Fred Rogers and his approach to the letters helps us really see 
the impact that we can have if we really treat every piece of one-on-one communication as uh, valuable and um, impactful and significant. Uh, big thanks to my friend Court Mann uh, for this uh, from last year and uh, just the insight into Mr. Rogers. Again, over 100,000 letters they expect that he personally responded to, and not just with a thank you, but with answers to specifics uh, was so powerful. So as we mark the airing of the last episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood 20 years ago, as we look back on 9-11 in the days ahead, uh, as we remember through tragedy and through trial and difficulties, uh, I want to close out this segment with Mr. Rogers himself on how we can actually find hope amid all the tragedy. You know, my mother used to say a long time ago, whenever there would be any really catastrophe that was on the, in the movies or, or on the air, she would say, always look for the helpers there were there will always be helpers you know even just on the sidelines because if you look for the helpers you'll know that there's hope as long as we're looking for the helpers uh, we can always always find hope great uh, advice a great chance to look back again it was 20 years ago that the last episode from the neighborhood Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood aired uh, countless lessons, countless lives uh, touched, and a difference made. And and I just want you to think of the number. uh, Think of 100,000 people. Uh, Think of filling a football stadium uh, a couple times, and then every single one of those individuals in that stadium receiving a personal letter from one person. Uh, That's choosing to make a difference in a really extraordinary way that is not easy. That takes a lot of effort and a lot of focus. And a great example there from Mr. Rogers as we celebrate that. We'll step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, we'll wind it all up. A little few thoughts to finish with on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.